as we continue on in the book of James, we're going to take on the rest of chapter 2. And so if you've been with us, you know we've been working through this, this letter that was written to the churches, and James the leader in Jerusalem. Tough crowd, tough area. Talk about the cities being tough. This was tough on these early believers as well, because they were under, really, almost literally under the shadow of the temple. And again, they had that pressure from the leaders, that persecution, and James has risen up and he's testifying to what God's doing. But James is also as a pastor and also as a leader to other churches. Uh, we see later on in Acts that James is kind of the, the head honcho. And it reminded me this week as I got to meet with our head Tuesday as well. Our DS stopped by this week and we had a, a two-hour meeting uh, on Tuesday morning. And then Tuesday night, I got to meet with the elders. And uh, I reminded Tony again, Tony, you're still not my favorite elder. So if you were here last week, you'll know why that Tony's not my favorite elder. So, But um, that being said, it's interesting when you meet with leaders and, and how they um, communicate to you. And again, under their authority, they speak. And, and it's ironic in many ways, but Dan was speaking about empowering your people in the workplace, which goes very much along with our message today in James. And we're going to be looking at putting our faith into work, that we have to show our faith. And obviously, our Envision team, you guys got it. You guys... Uh, stepped out of your comfort zone and went to another place and put your faith to action. And so that's where we're going to be looking at in chapter 2 today. But if you haven't been here, let me just give you a little bit of catch-up so that you're not totally behind and you missed that inside joke. And obviously some of our Envision team were away for some of that. But in chapter 1, we looked at trials, right? And where do trials come from? God, right? Where does temptation come from? Satan. Where do some of the consequences for some of the choices come from? From ourselves, right? Sometimes we don't need that much of a temptation. Denise shared that as part of her testimony, right? We can sin all on our own. We don't need much. We can just jump into it. And sometimes there's, there's some stark consequences for that. But it's good to know where those come from. And it's also good to know that we have a way out. And we looked at Corinthians uh, in conjunction with that. God provides a way out. We do not have to yield to temptation. And that God gives us trials for our benefit to help us produce perseverance. And again, in light of the believers that are there, James is encouraging them to persevere. Then we looked at putting it into action. And James is an action guy. If you haven't got that, he kind of hits you in the face. And in fact, he starts off that next section in chapter 1. He says, hey, take note of this, right? Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because man's anger doesn't bring about the righteousness of God. 119 and 20. A good reminder, right? We have two ears, one mouth. We use them proportionally. It can help. It's not a guarantee, but it can help us. Then we got into chapter 2 last week. And we talked about favoritism. And we had the example. And, and we discussed the problems with showing favoritism to people. Right? It leaves everybody else out. It makes undue uh, stress. It causes division. And some of those problems. And that's why I reminded Tony that he's not my favorite elder. They're all equally. Right, Brent? Love them all. I do. And so how important that is. And that's all leading up to where we're at today. And so if you have your Bibles, or it'll be up on the screen, because Ike takes care of me. He's actually figured me out now. He actually has them ahead of time. 
Um, he knows where we're headed. So chapter 2, verse 14. And again, I'm going to jump right into the passage. It says, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action. It is dead. So James gives him a clear example. Remember, this is a poor church as it is, and so for them to extend themselves is going to cost them something. And it always does cost us something when we put our faith into works, right? And when we do something, it takes a step of faith. But how many times today do we hear, well, you know, I keep my faith private. It's my own personal relationship. And we even say that in the church, and that is very true. Problem is, we've almost taken that to the extreme where nobody else knows that we have faith. And that's what James is really saying is we have that to be on ourselves and that that faith needs to be seen. And many times that takes meeting a physical need, right? You and Envision, you guys got that, right? There's some real needs. They need to learn English. You know, it sounds like a, a basic thing, but it's not easy learning the language. And I was even amazed at the, the, the small time that I was there. There was guys in their 70s and 80s trying to learn a new language, can I tell you someone who struggled with the language? I struggled with English, you know that. But I mean, I struggled when we were in Hungary in my 40s trying to learn a new language. Never did do it very well. Again, my English is tough enough, but Hungarian? No way. But these guys were trying because they knew how important it was. That's a real need they have. And you can show Christ through that by meeting that need first. It opens up doors. I was telling Sheila this morning, it's amazing how God gives us examples now, we haven't had many folks come to our church with needs lately. But you know what? This week, just this week, we've had two people. And we had opportunities as a church body to help or not help someone. And so it's amazing how God gives us those examples. And it, it sparked the, the conversation, what are we doing to meet some of those needs? But he says, if you're not doing that, then what good is your faith? So let's dig in a little more, because he goes on. He, he wants to make this point. He wants to drive this home to them. And so he continues on with some examples, and he repeats himself, which sometimes we need that repeating, right? He said, but someone will say, he does this there's an argument out there. You have faith, I have deeds. Right? Talking about them being two separate things. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Again, two separate things, right? Faith and deeds. And, and James is saying they don't have to be. He's going to bring them together. I even love what he puts in here. And I've used this verse quite often about um, God, right? When I used to do open-air evangelism, and even now when I talk with people in conversation, I used to ask the question, you know, what do you believe? Do you believe in God? Right? A lot of people will say they believe in God, but it's not the same God. And again, it's not God that they're, they're thinking the overall God creator, but they don't know Jesus Christ. And so I've learned to change that question to say, well, what do you believe about Jesus Christ? Miriam shared that, and it was perfect, right? It cuts to the chase. Because even the demons here believe about God, right? A lot of people say there's a God, but they have no personal relationship with Jesus. 
That's utterly important, and obviously important to our faith. And so this verse kind of reiterates that, right? Even the demons believe there's a God. Even Satan knows there's a God. Satan has no problem knowing that there's a God, but he has no personal relationship with Jesus. And again, he can't be saved. We have that. We have that opportunity to be saved, and we can be saved through Jesus Christ. Verse 20. I'm running through. This is going to be a little bit shorter this morning, but you'll get the point and get the message. And I'll give you some study hints to take with you this week. Verse 20. You foolish man. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. Right? You know the story of Abraham, right? He, he waits years and years. Him and Sarah are very old, and they get their first son. One of the things that God requires from him, right at the, the beginning, he finally waits all this time. They, they get a son, Isaac, and then God requires him to take him up on a mountain and sacrifice him. Makes no sense. Huge step of faith. Right? Hundreds of reasons why not to do it. Abraham makes that. And again, as I mentioned, this church is full of Jews, right? Abraham, the father of Jews. This would have rung all sorts of bells. They knew this story. They would have learned this story when they were young until this point. And so, yeah, that's right, Abraham. But it's not because of who he was, but because of what he did. Right? This is the example that he's showing here. The faith in Abraham was by his actions. And if you haven't read that story, Genesis chapter 22, if you want to look back there this week and study that out, but just see what Abraham did. I will say this too. Abraham is not a great example to follow. Certainly wouldn't want to follow him as far as being a husband. He was not the greatest husband to Sarah by any means. Right? We have to be careful. A lot of the, the folks in the Bible are not examples in and of themselves. There are things God uses imperfect people. Being faithful is certainly one of them. But as a person, no, God uses imperfect people. Right? God uses the imperfect. The broken, the, that don't get it right all the times, the, the people that don't always feel right, he uses them. And Abraham is just one of many of the examples in the Bible of imperfect people, but yet God uses them. In fact, he goes on to say that Abraham is actually a friend very close. He's, he's, again, he's the fa father of their, their nation. He's of great importance to them. Next verse. And the scripture was fulfilled in saying this, Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. He was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. Again, that contrast, right? It's not deeds and faith separate. It's both of them working together. And that's what's credited to him, right? Our faith is not because of what we did, but because of our faith is what we do. Did you catch that? Big difference. It's an important message there. It's not because of what we did, but because of it, it's what we do. It's what we do with our faith. It's a faith in action. It's another one of those action things. We talked about love a few weeks, right? Love, we can say it with our words, but if it doesn't follow up with action, it doesn't have much impact. It doesn't have much meaning, right? We have to show it. We have to live it out. We have to work at it. It takes us, it moves us to action. 
Then James does an interesting thing here. He uses another example, probably not one that anyone would have ever expected. Right? Talking about Abraham, all right, they, they all got that. Now he picks someone else. Look at the next verse. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? Now, Rahab is like the total opposite. She's a foreigner. She's um, a prostitute living in sin, totally unrelated as far as the Jews. We, we don't know much about her. Her background is not very, very good. Yet her faith is, is commended here. It's not only commended here in James, but it's commended in the, the hall of fame, I call it, the hall of faith in Hebrews. And she's listed in there because of what she did, right? She believed in Israel, the God of Israel, and she hid the spies. And again, if you don't know that story, you can look that up this week as well and maybe do a study on Rahab. That's in Joshua chapter 2. But he uses the contrast. Men, women, high standing, low standing, God wants us to put both of those things into practice. Our faith and our deeds have to match. Right? Remember the contrast that's going on, right? We have the religious leaders. They have the, the, the teachers of the law, right? Jesus pointed out all the hypocrisy that was going on. We even looked at the rich and the poor, right? James looked at that last week a little bit. The rich were oppressing the poor, even among the believers. And so he's spurring them on to put these things together, to put them into action, to reach out. Many times, doing that physical thing leads to an opportunity to move it to a spiritual thing. I think we also have to be careful. We also have that in mind, right? Confession here. I was a deacon in a church in New Hampshire for a long time. And again, it's actually my first opportunity when I got into ministry. And I was really good at meeting physical needs. I enjoyed that. Uh, we were doing a food pantry, taking food to, to people. And I was doing painting houses, doing lots of things, lots of acts. But you know what? I was doing works without faith. I wouldn't even do the minimum. I wouldn't even pray. I wouldn't even share the gospel. I wouldn't even invite them to church. But I, I, I'd meet their physical needs. I, I would run and do a lot of running around and doing a lot of things, but there was no faith in the background. And God convicted me of that and says, hey, Charlie, you're out of balance. You've got, you're doing one thing, but you're not doing the other as a believer. And so we need to balance that out. We need to always have in mind that we do need to share our faith. One of the challenges I want to give this morning is sharing that faith outside of not only our church family, not only maybe to someone we meet, but how about in our workplaces? Actually, one of the things that Dan mentioned to me is one of the areas of ministry that we've kind of failed a little bit or, or not taken advantage of in the church is empowering those folks that are in the workplace to be more bold with their faith and where they work. Heidi, you set me up perfectly. Thank you so much. And I don't know how you did that. I mean, we worked on that, right? We worked on that for, for months to get this lined up with James. No. But taking the gifts and taking the opportunities that you have in the workplace to share Christ. Again, at, at the very minimum, praying over that person or praying with that person. Now, it comes at some risk. I will tell you this right now. If you let people know that you're a believer at your workplace, you're, you're going to have people probably come to you. And they're going to require a little bit more from you. And they're going to watch you. 
And they may expect a little bit more out of you. But what better place to have that opportunity? And that's a great place for our faith and our deeds to work together. And so as, as I've taken that up and as Dan and I were talking, we said we need to do a better job in the church of, of celebrating those things as well. As great as it is to go on a mission trip, we have opportunities every day, every week to minister to people, to reach out, to share our faith. And so that worked out well with this passage. And again, part of the message this morning is to empower you folks to, to take that bold step. Put your work and your faith together where you work, the people that you meet. And he kind of pulls this all together at the very end here, this last verse. I didn't forget this last verse. And I promised Ike I would finish chapter 2 so that he can get on to chapter 3 next week. No, Ike's really good about that. But last verse here says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Again, they're working together. And again, it does no good to say I have faith and that I don't share and it's not an action. And it does no good if I just do actions and I don't have faith. But it's the two working together. May that be our prayer and our cry this week. And may you look for those opportunities to put our faith and our actions together. Bow with me, please. Heavenly Father, I do thank you so much for your word and your instruction, Lord. And Lord, I challenged as well, not to miss those opportunities, not to do one without the other. Lord, may our faith be evident to those around us. May we be bold to step out into those areas, Lord, in our workplace, out of our comfort zone, and that we share our faith, share our real relationship with you, Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we celebrate this morning what you did for us and our salvation, that was done on the cross. May it spur us on toward love and good deeds. And Lord, we just love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.